Hey, thanks for joining me on the Reluctant Leader Podcast. I am Paul Jenkins, your host, and today we're going to talk about how my golf game is kind of like Tiger Woods' golf game, and then in one really important way, how it's not. But listen, before we get to that, can I just read you a couple reviews that we've received at the end of last year? Um, one of them is from a friend of mine. This is uh, NC Law Dog 92. He said, I've known Paul since we were in first grade, and it's thrilling to watch and listen as the Lord uses his passion and giftedness, but also his transparency and humility to further his kingdom. Thanks so much, friend. And here's an, a review that we got from another podcast. It's called Let's Unpack That with Alex and Grace. I would recommend that you um, find them and listen to them. And here's what she writes. This podcast is like balm for the soul. Paul delivers such encouraging truth based on God's word and with a grace that doesn't feel heavy. And I love that. Thanks so much, friends, for um, sharing those reviews. And, and listen, as always, if you find value in this Maybe you want to leave a review as well, wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, thanks for tuning in today for this first episode of 2024, episode 33. So I don't play a lot of golf, but I do from time to time look like Tiger Woods when I play. And it's because I hit bad shots a lot and he hits bad shots sometimes we both hit bad shots. The difference, though, between his game and mine is how we recover from them. Tiger Woods actually said this in an interview. He said that the one thing that separates amateur golfers from professional golfers is the ability to recover from bad shots. And, y'all, I would say that this is a skill that we all need to have in our leadership. We've got to have the ability to recover from bad shots or as Jim Wilder says in his book rare leadership we need to be healthy enough to recover our joy I've known a lot of people I know you have as well who have lost joy in recent years we we've seen people leave the church leave their jobs I've seen people leave their families because they've lost joy and and so a lot of people would blame the pandemic and say, well, it's because we went through that horrible, the COVID and all the election stuff and social unrest. Like, yeah, all of those can definitely drain our joy. But I would submit that our joy was gone well before the pandemic happened, that the pandemic simply revealed the empty joy tanks that a lot of people were living with. There's lots of reasons why joy can leak, right? But many of the reasons are just normal emotions, normal experiences that all of us have. What keeps us joyless is not necessarily that we felt those emotions, but that we didn't know how to get out of them when we did. We couldn't get free from them. This is what Jim Wilder says, in, quoting from that book, Rare Leadership. He says, how productive are you when you're stuck in one of the six unpleasant emotions hardwired into our brains? I want you to get this. He's going to say the six emotions. These are six emotions hardwired into our brains. We are going to experience these emotions. Fear, anger, disgust, shame, sadness, and hopelessness. And what 
Jim Wilder is asking is, how productive are we when we're stuck in one of those emotions? And then he goes on to say this, high-performing athletes succeed because they have a quick recovery time. The same is true in leadership. He's saying this, just what Tiger Woods said, the difference is how we recover from bad shots. I, I, I've, I've watched sporting events where, you know, an athlete misses a shot, drops a ball, creates a penalty, has a turnover, does something that's just in the moment is horrible and seems like it could really affect the team. And then they come right back around the next time down the court, they take the exact same shot and they make it. I always think, how can they do that? How can they just tune out the bad that just happened and just go ahead and shoot it again like they didn't miss the last one? And it's because they've trained themselves to have a quick recovery time. Maybe you and I, we would go to the bench and put our heads down and a towel over our head and hide, but not, not those athletes. They want to take the shot again. They've learned to have a quick recovery time. And this is the way that Jim Wilder closes out that quote. He says, a well-trained brain can return to joy in 90 seconds. A less well-trained brain can take hours, days, even weeks. I would su submit maybe even years. Because, y'all, we all know people who are stuck. We know people. Maybe you've been that person. I, I've been that person where we get stuck in those cycles and we can't get back to joy. I was having a conversation with our prayer pastor. And when we were talking, we were talking about this topic about returning to joy. And she, she immediately, her eyes lit up and she turned to Esther. She said, I've got to read you this verse in Esther 8, 16. And just to kind of catch you up to where we are in the story, you know, Esther is a Jew. She's the queen. And the king has, has created a law that allows the enemies of the Jews to kill Jews, as many Jews as they can, on one day. And so you can imagine the Jews are not feeling that good. It's kind of like the movie Purge in real life. And Queen Esther goes to the king. She begs for her people because of the way the laws were written back in that time. The king couldn't reverse what he'd already put in place. They were going to be attacked. But he did issue another order encouraging the Jews to take up arms and defend themselves. And Esther 8.16 says that they were filled with joy. They were still in the same circumstance. They were still going to be attacked, potentially, but they were filled with joy. And this is what um, Pastor Tori told me, was the, I think the exact phrase that she used. She said, they were filled with joy because the king was on their side. Y'all, 2024, it might be the hardest year we've ever faced as a country, but I believe that the Lord is going to do something in the hearts of leaders and in the hearts of apprentices of Jesus. He's going to restore us to health so that while we might face the same circumstances, the same unrest as the rest of the country, followers of Jesus are going to be able to return to joy, recover to joy. We're going to be able to recover from the bad shots sooner. We're going to be like the Jews in Esther. We're going to return to joy because we're going to remember that the king is on our side. I want to close with a prayer that David prayed when he was writing Psalm 51. This is the psalm that he wrote after arguably the worst season of his life. He 
he had committed adultery, he had committed murder, he had kept it all secret. It was a bad season in his reign as king. And, and after God confronted him and he repented, this is what he wrote, restore to me the joy of your salvation, Psalm 51, 12. And I believe that that's what God's heart is right now. He wants to restore the joy of his salvation to his children, to you, to me. And I believe that it's critical as leaders that not only do we return to joy quickly, but that we model for the people that we're leading the way that we're supposed to do it, that it's normal to feel those six unpleasant emotions, but it's Christian to recover to joy quicker from them. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. It means so much to me that you take the time to listen and I hope maybe take the time to like copy the link and send it to a leader, a follower of Jesus, a friend, somebody that you thought of while you were listening. There was something that I said and you were like, man, so-and-so really needs to hear this. I pray that you would just take the next two or three minutes to copy this link, hit that share episode button and send it to them by text, post it on their socials. Thank you so much for helping us spread the, the word about how we can lead even when we feel reluctant. It's okay to feel the reluctancy in leadership, but let's recover from it quickly, get back to the joy of leading, and then let's just go do the things, right? I believe this, as reluctant and inadequate as we might feel, if we'll simply say yes, God will do the rest.